listening to the Casual Swinger Podcast. As your host, we need to warn you that the material you're about to hear may be sexual or explicit in nature. This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Now, we don't expect you to act like adults. What's the fun in that? We're a married couple living in Florida with over 13 years of experience in the lifestyle, and we take almost nothing seriously. Casual Swinger is a variety show, meaning we'll cover everything from music to events, travel, and even the occasional hilarious screw-up. Our show is about entertainment. We're not licensed professionals. Had anything. And our stories, commentary, and guidance should not be confused with the opinions of a licensed professional. Now that you know, let's take those pants off and get comfy. Oh my goodness, we did it. I know, number two. Yeah, this is this well. is two. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> two points makes a line. Yes. We're back. Yeah, we're back. Welcome back to Casual <laughs> Swinger, everybody. My name's Mickey. And I'm Mallory. I'm assuming that, you know, you guys know that we hadn't released an episode in a while. And here we are back two weeks later, like we're supposed to be. I know. It feels so good. I don't want to jinx it, though. No. Well, we just got to keep coming up with shit to talk about. I think we had a healthy list brewing. We do. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. It's what happens when you take seven months off. You come up with all this like shit to talk about and, yeah. and you know, well, I'm things with- that grind your gears. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you're so old sometimes what come on that's a family guy <laughs> reference it's not that fucking old god you make it sound like i'm like back in my day we used to do things different i'd take a dad take a oh my god please stop day. like I, if i had a dick it'd be limp right now my okay <laughs> i hope i don't make anybody hard i mean that's Dude, not my when aim. you do impersonations though i'm just like over here cringing okay <laughs> she's done folks she's just gotten I can't up I can't it's ugh. I can't do it all right I guess I don't get to be my old guy impression is no more <laughs> it's so bad I gotta come up with something new yeah let's sex it up how about I'm excited for this fucking episode you know what this one is kind of money I'm pretty excited about it. this was the episode that we talked about over the course of that seven months as needing to be done yeah and then it just kind of fell into our lap as to how it came out. Literally. I guess we'll get into that right before we air the episode because I have a laundry list of stuff here to talk about. Yeah. The intro, you know, is always where we talk about what we got going on, how life is. So we've let's get into that and then we'll come back to the episode yeah. here in a few. But this episode is, surprise, it's my dick. Yeah. <laughs> no? I'm over here. Well, I should be impacted, right? But I, I see so many of them <laughs> on a daily basis. I'm like, yeah, and another one. And here comes another one. You, you do stand at the end of the dick hallway. Yeah, like that meme. Yeah, or, right. Was it whatever? I think it's a GIF. I, GIF? Yeah. Okay. Graphics interchange format. Okay, cool. GIF. Sweet. I'll fuck it up later. Already learning you here on Casual Swinger, folks. <laughs> oh, don't. I don't want to be learned. I just asked a question. <laughs> no, but the, you know the fucking mean, like the girl with the hot dogs start being thrown at her face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it feels like sometimes. Well, I think that's just being a girl on the internet, right? Legit. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you identify yourself as female, because I think gamer girls run into this. They're like, hey, are you a guy or a girl? And I know, like, I got a couple of buddies that play girls whenever they play, like, on Diablo or whatever. Okay. And they're always said that they basically just get harassed all the time asking if they're really a girl. And then if they happen to actually be a girl, then it's send a picture, age, sex, location, where are you? And are you? And they just start getting hit on, like, impossibly, even if they're definitely not in the market for dudes just acknowledging that you're a female on the internet is dangerous i can't even just crazy i can't another reason why i won't play video games yeah <laughs> like that's the another reason. okay <laughs> also i have terrible coordination like i'm not even i'm not athletic in real life bullshit 
no, I'm not. I'm not an athlete. Yeah, have you seen me walk across this fucking house? I've broken my ankle twice walking. Like, oh. I'm just not coordinated. I blame Rottweilers and, for that. Well, there's that too. But like, no, of my own doing, tripping over my own feet. It's really pathetic. So that translates to the digital world too. Okay. I mean, when you were teaching me how to play World, world of Warcraft. Oh my God, I can't talk. World of Warcraft. Wow. And we we're wow tarting it for a while. Yeah, that was a long time How ago, long did it take me to learn the keystrokes? It took a while. It did. You were not quick on the uptick, but no. and you I can both... pick up a dance in like two minutes. That's not, I don't know. It is the same thing. Well, anyway, I don't know. Would you like to show you how, me to show you how I dance with my fingers? Is, are you coming on to me? Oh, yeah. 100%. Right now, that was solid. I give it like a 5.5 out of 10. Well, that's better yeah. than what I usually get. You're a pretty harsh <laughs> critic. So. Yeah, I'm sassy tonight. I apologize. Oh, you're full of sass. Uh, so where are we at? We're mid-month. So Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. The big V day. Yeah. I'm really glad we don't celebrate that. We don't. Our anniversary is one week before. So we do our little romantic get together before that. Which is our anniversary was yesterday. Yeah. It was nice. Because we're recording this about a week before it drops. Yeah. Just to make sure we get it out. Yeah. So now I think this is the anniversary where you're absolutely stuck with me. No. This is it. This is the one. This is it. We're over the hump. We're stuck together forever. Yes. It's law. Would have thought that whole like till death do us part sentence that we said do, in front of everybody we, that we cared did about. say that sentence though because i know i wouldn't say obey because no like, you definitely wouldn't say not obey. and you guys tried to keep it in there i was really mad actually. i actually insisted that it was there twice. i know you both thought it was freaking hilarious and i think our wedding would have been under nine minutes like the whole ceremony if i didn't have that stale made about i'm not saying it yeah well he did call me bulbous in the ceremony so yeah that's a very interesting wedding he did have a lot to say about your own personal housekeeping skills. Oh, I'm good at so many things, but I am no housekeeper. I am no. not Alice. Not that girl, huh? Uh, nope. That's all right. I give great blowjobs. Yes, I'm also awesome keeping everyone on time. Oh, yeah. But no. Definitely. G- give me a mop and a broom and I'll show you a fire. <laughs> it's waiting to happen. Right. Okay. And me, that was corduroy pants back then, but now here we are. Corduroy pants, okay. right, legs are anyway. on fire. No? Okay. That joke just fell on So what do, we, what do we have going on? Um, let's talk about Hedo real oh, quick. Yeah. Is that cool? Oh, totally. So we are running out of rooms. We are. I'm really excited. This is going to be a freaking amazing trip. We literally only have like six rooms left. Yeah, I, I don't. I did not check the tally. I just know it's shrinking. 288 fast. rooms on that resort. So if you're interested in coming to Hedonism 2 with us, um, we are going... March 30th through April 6th. We are. And would love to have you there. If you're looking for more information, you can go to casualswinger.com or casualswingerweek.com. I will say it'll show no rooms available because the room mix um, is not being fed through the API. Yeah. So we have inventory. Just contact us directly. Yeah, just reach out to us. Phone number's right there on the website. And... You know, it's. It, I'm pretty excited about this because it is a big resort and we do have pretty much a sellout on our hands, which is just insane to me. Uh, and the resort has been super cool to us and are basically just kind of let us throw the party we want to throw. It's pretty amazing. I think every day something cool happens. Yeah. Like, and I've been sitting on like three surprises that I'm just, I'm telling you right now, we're going to finish and wrap this up and I'm two of them are coming out of the bag and I'm putting them in the MeWe group. Like that's happening. I can't wait. I'm so excited for people to find out some of the shit we're going to do to them on this trip. Hey, so. freaking men. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> it is honestly, I think people, you know, hear us talk about Hito all the time. But we do things a little differently at Hito. Yeah, well, I mean, 
I think our goal is to give people the version of keto that we see. And we're very resort centric. There's a lot of great groups that come in there and do their own thing. And they oh, do yeah. it a fucking great job at that. Mm-hmm. But I think we're so passionate about the resort and the staff and the people that we want to make sure that when we do events like this, we incorporate and weave that in to the entire trip. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, so. it, and it really is a great time. Uh, and there are other great groups that we love too. Fuck yeah. Uh, Jared and Cheryl Lynn from the Fluffernutters, we love them to pieces. Those yeah. guys uh, have acquired the fluffs from John and are just putting their own spin on things, yeah. which your I think is travel. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, your Tribe Travel, Jared and Cheryl Lynn do such a good job. So we're super proud to call those guys friends. You know, Jason and Heather, Dirty Perv, we, oh, yeah. we're going to be with them in November. Yeah, we're going. I, yeah, iOS Connections. And they're some of the OGs for like the takeover weeks. Shit, like yeah, that are. it really up the ante. I remember watching one of the, their first parties and I was like, oh my God, what is happening right now? I've oh. never seen anything like this before in my life. We ended up with a whale on the roof for crisis. That happened. A whale floaty. And I was like, who packed that? First of all. Yeah, like, right. It was, like, your it was like Shamu. It was yeah, huge. It was incredible. Yeah. It was some of the best. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> so cool. And too. people say like, you only go to Hito like for, you know, because you want to throw a party. No, we go for fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we, we go with other groups. Correct. And we pay to go with other yep. groups. Yeah. We're so crazy about this place that not only do we go host, have our own week, we will spend our own money to go and have our own vacation there too. Yeah. And so we so people call us and say, hey, how, how do we go? When should we go? If you don't want to go with us, we'll give you some other great names 100%. to go with. 100%. I would rather someone, if they get one opportunity to go to Hito and it's not with us, that's fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings. As long as you get to go, I feel, again, I always... Feel like I'm overselling it. It changed my life, changed how I see myself, how I connect with other people. It gave me the opportunity to connect deeply with people. And when I say being naked with people on the beach and in the pool is this great equalizer and changes the way you engage and and connect and even sometimes challenge each other a little bit. Yeah, it, it's there's nothing else like it. And I always come away with something I'd never seen or done. And a better connection with myself. And sometimes it's like insightful. Sometimes like I have some reflecting to do and some soul searching. Sometimes it's just pure joy. I, you know, I always walk away with something from there and it feels like a gift. Yeah. And it's so. never an STI, which has been really good. Knock on wood so far. Yeah. No, I, I really love the place. Rap, and if you don't wrap it, you can't tap it. That's, that's true. That's rule. right. And no booty on duty. Stole that one from Scott in April, by the way. But <laughs> no, that's, I, I, I love it. I'm looking forward to everything we're doing there this year. It's going to be awesome. But, you know, before, well, let's see. So we go to Hito, we come back, and then the very next thing we have up is Podcastapalooza. I am fucking pumped. So Podcastapalooza is, correct me if I'm wrong, May 31st through June 3rd? That is correct. Awesome. Nice job. Awesome. So end of May, beginning of June, weather's going to be amazing. And we got about 20 rooms left right now, I think. Uh, yeah, and they're going fast. They so, are, because the Sagamore's not very big. No. And it's a fucking fantastic location. If you've never been to South Beach before, it's a great opportunity to see both that part of Miami as well as attend a Lifestyle Central event. There's something for everyone. There's parties, daytime, nighttime. There's seminars. There's, you know, thought leaders and people who will make you feel inspired inside the lifestyle and about your own person in and of yourself. It's another build your own adventure game. Kate does a fantastic job putting these events together and I'm super honored and fucking excited to do the playroom again this year. Yes, Casual we are. Toys. Yes, we are. And you know, one of the things I want to throw out there about Kate, she doesn't always bring the same podcasters. It's so always she, a little different. So there's like Humpty Quickies is coming in this yeah, time mm-hmm. and a couple others that 
I'm going to be a little ashamed and say that I'm not well versed in. I, I kind of know of them, but I need to do some listening and check out some of these guys. I love that it inspires you to, to do that. That's great. Yeah. That's which another reason I why think, I love it. Yeah. It's a good reason to go to PCAP in the first place is to learn about some shows. Yeah. Maybe they, and their format's really cool, by the way, that the Hump Day Quickies format's really neat. So yeah. I like that. Uh, I like that she's bringing in some other voices. Yeah. And also, please go check her. I know I saw the post on Twitter. I'm not sure if it's posted on the other uh, social mediums, but she is running a, uh, not a sweepstakes, but what is it called? A contest. A contest. Thank you. Oh, my God. So easy, but so far from my brain. Uh, that will effectively give somebody a free trip it's to so go. Cool. So cool. Like, holy crap, that's amazing. Everybody should be in on that shit yes. right now. So go check out Wanderlust Swingers and Libertine Events. Yeah, and it's podcast-a-palooza.com. So podcast-a-palooza.com. And this or, is Libertine Events. Or LibertineEvents.com, yep. Libertine I believe. Events. I think and they forward to each other. That is the Miami PCAP. And there's also a San Antonio That's PCAP. true. There's that's... also a Vegas PCAP. This one's very light. The Vegas PCAP is called Soiree, and it's just like... I don't have any information on that. Not much. Hand, yeah, I wouldn't have much on so, it right now, but it's a get-together. What I'm telling you is there's always something to do yeah. in the lifestyle. Yeah, 100%. If you can't make the spring event, San Antonio in the fall. Yeah, and we highly recommend PCAP events. Yeah. Uh, they're just the best. But I will say Miami and May, June, wow, chef's kiss. Uh, yeah. Well, and we're bringing so nice. a whole truckload of shit down this time. It's going to be so Dude, we literally had... I was like, I never want to get pulled over, but like... I kind of want to try to explain this to somebody where we have all this sex furniture and boxes of sex toys and lube. Oh, please open like, the back of the I was truck. Like, please, please open it. Please open that. Uh, I want to make it so awkward. Make it so weird. Is anything vibrating back there? I'll get. No. I'll jump in and get it. No, I it's love so it. Good. So, so funny. Yay. So many wonderful things going on. So yeah, Casual Toys is sponsoring the theme night there. And Casual Toys, you're not familiar. Casual Toys is where we sell our unique condoms and Uber lube and Liberator and lingerie and theme night apparel and of course, our new rose that we've got coming in. I'm really excited about these. Yeah, me too. You know, it's it's probably one of our top sellers over time. Uh, I brought in a couple hundred of them last year and we blew through them. So we brought in some more roses and these are branded casual toys. Uh, we had our very own elves create our own version of the rose. It's a casual toys toy. It is. I love it. Casual toys. I want to sit in a pile of them like Scrooge McDuck. Why not? We have hundreds of them, so yes. you should absolutely we'll just use that as sit marketing in them as promo. a pile. Why not? Yeah. Just, just a pile. <laughs> I'll get in there naked and we'll use the boxes to cover my naughty bits. Well, it's Valentine's Day, so roses are a good idea. They're a good well, thing. I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking, right? That's that, Roses are a good thing. No? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's after Valentine's Day now, but... <laughs> well, yeah, but... I mean, for next year, Mother's hey, Day is coming. Let me tell you, some of the best <laughs> deals on roses I've ever gotten are the day after Valentine's Day. And I'm like, hey, you know, I was out of town yesterday, but I brought you your roses today and I got them at 70% off. Yeah. Anyone who goes to the flower shop the day after Valentine's Day is probably in trouble, right? Or a genius. Depends on how you look at it. Okay. Maybe not. I, I'm not buying that, but I'll just say, okay, we'll This is why our anniversary is the week before Valentine's 100%. Day. 100%. Oh. I, I nailed that. And by the way, how that happened was the week after Valentine's Day, we were going to Hito. And I was like, that's now our honeymoon. Perfect. So Which, we're getting ma married two weeks before that. <laughs> by the way, we ended up spending our honeymoon with the Fluffernutters back yeah. then. So that, that wow, was talking about many moons ago. Many moons. All the moons ago. But anyway, speaking of that, we've got some other travels coming up. We're going up to Nashville to hang out with yeah. some friends. Yeah, yeah, I believe fun. we'll get to see maybe Naughty Jim while we're there. I'm oh, super excited. We're gonna go see Naughty Jim. 
Such a dirty word. No, those, they're fucking incredible. I love those people. Going to see Naughty Scott in April. Yes. And we're also going to a concert. That's our anniversary present Wait, this year. Wait, and Randy Rogers, Super excited. This is the second time we get to see him at the Ryman. Yeah. Which is just- Mother church, it, bitch. It's literally like church. When I walked in and I saw the pews, I was like, you weren't kidding. This and those are the original pews, by the way. Yeah. No, it's probably my favorite venue. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty jacked to go back the, to the Ryman. Yeah. Not yeah the lie. old Meriwether Post was cool. Don't Before get me the roof fell on yep. it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Meriwether Post was cool back in the day, too. But I, there's something about Mother Church. Yeah. Uh, the original 930 Club before it moved was kind of similar. Okay. Big rats in the ceiling and all kinds oh, of crazy lovely. shit. Oh, yeah. Rouse? Oh, yeah. Definitely Rouse. Yeah. Uh, they were huge. The rats yeah. could carry you away. Yeah. So if anyone can tell me what Rouse means and where it's from, I will send you a gift. Oh, great. <laughs> She's giving away gifts. Just we'll so. see if they're listening. Okay. We'll what find out. What is the Rouse? It is the Rouse. There you go. And where did it come from? Oh, all right then. And we're going to Dallas and we're going back to Jamaica. We've got, we've got some travels coming up. We really do. It's going to be an exciting year. Yeah. yeah. It's And things just keep piling in, which is actually probably the coolest okay. part about doing what we do. Yeah. And we're also doing like some vanilla stuff this year, which I'm excited about. Are we? We're taking we're... the kids to the lake house. Oh, that's right. The I adult children. That. We get to party with them. All right. We're going to get our kids. I love it. Get our kids drunk and make fun of them. No. I have a feeling they'll try to do that to us. I know Shit. the I know them better. I, I know them well. They'll they're gonna try to do that to Your us. Pack a lunch. How much whiskey I drink? <laughs> Just saying. Dad, yeah. Speaking of, hang in till this next segment is over, guys. Whiskey of the month is back, bitches. Yeah, really excited about this story. Yeah, so, this is a good one. Complete right. story. You want to tell everybody where to find us, and oh. we'll come back in a minute and talk about dick pics. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, or, we can do that. Do you want to tell people a little bit about your thoughts on the episode before we do it? That's up to you. Go for it. Why not? It's yeah, our show. So, we do what we want. So the premise and the idea around how this happened is in the spaces behind not just, you know, lifestyle, dating, ethical monogamy, content creation, just being a girl on the internet, the sheer amount of unsolicited dick pics that we get in any given amount of time is sometimes it's a little unnerving, but it just brought on a conversation. Why Why is this a behavior? Because it's a behavior very specific to men. Women do not, in my experience, I've never, and I don't know another You've woman You've never sent asked, a dick pic? I've never, no, I've sent your dick. <laughs> and I've totally <laughs> sent your dick, but it was solicited. That's different. I've actually chased you down. You've never sent a dick pic, I no. don't think. But what the psychology is behind this? Why? Why is it acceptable? Why is it? something they feel so compelled to do and it happens all the time right all the time so we're gonna dig so, into the psychology of the dick pic. yeah and the culture behind it what does it mean what's the motivation how to respond so we have some really special guests that actually help have that conversation with us yeah it's, i'm pretty excited about this one and surprise it's my dick yeah but it's not my dick i mean this time no i don't think so anyway all right so if you are looking for us, we are Casual Swinger everywhere. We are CasualSwinger.com. And don't forget CasualSwingerWeek.com if you want to travel with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And is that it? Facebook? Yeah, we're still yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, we're on Facebook. And they haven't thrown banned us, us yet. yet. <laughs> and you can also find us on SDC, SLS, and Cassidy. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back in a hot second with our special guest to talk about dick pics. The Yay. almighty dick pic. Hooray for penis. We'll be back in a hot second. You've been listening to Casual Swinger. 
And welcome back to Casual Swinger. We're here to talk about majestic phallus, phalli. Oh, the almighty cock. Yeah, I'm really excited. This giant penis right here. (laughs) And the psychology and culture around why guys send dick pics. And to round out this conversation, we actually are very fortunate to have two lovely people. We'll call them our resident experts. Oh, I'm sure that Ryan is an expert in penis. Let's find out. We've got Ryan and Miche from Expensive Connection. Welcome to Casual Swinger, guys. Hi, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us on. I know we're kind of excited about this. We didn't mean for this to be a panel discussion. I think Mallory and I initially were just going to just do it. Yeah, we were talking. We were talking car literally on the way home from like a quick dinner out because we're effectively empty nesters and have nothing to do at night. And I don't always want to cut. So we're talking about this episode going back and forth and it came up like, hey, I wonder if some, someone with a therapeutic and like human behavior background would have some input on it. So I whipped out my handy dandy iPhone and texted me Shane be like, hey, what, what do you think about this? And then the next thing I know, these two harpies are laughing their asses off. Oh, I was snorting. I mean, just rolling, talking about dicks, right? Just like, come on, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. It was a good question. Yeah. Well, and it is. So the question that, that, and we're just going to kind of start this off because again, this is not an interview. This is a panel conversation. Obviously we have two very beautiful women on the call with us today. And and, we did our hair uh, and everything. And one beautiful guy and my average ass, but we're going to talk about dick pics, but kind of, I want to dig into the etymology of a dick pic, right? Where, where do these things come from? The history, what in the hell makes us as men feel compelled to send pictures of our dicks. Now, I have theories on it, but I'm going to go last. And, and I'm going to start with the ladies because that's the polite thing to do. Uh, and Mallory, since you're staring at me and, and uh, you're hotter than me, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> uh, but what in the hell? You've gotten a lot of dick pics. And not just because you're a content creator, not just because of casual swinger, but even as a swinger, as a mm-hmm. lifestyler, on dating sites, field, yeah. Tinder, it seems to be the first thing that happens is you pop your head up like a groundhog and someone throws a dick at it. So <laughs> tell me about that. Okay, so I don't know that it's that fast, but it does. So the, a few things. First of all, I've noticed that dick pics, especially the unsolicited ones, that nature of them, come at the most unexpected times. Like there's no natural segue. You could be talking about where are you from? What are your hobbies? And then Five hours later, after you've left the conversation to just simmer for a little bit, you open your app back up and bam, there's their dick. Like I have been waiting for hours for that message. And in order to reply, he had to send that. But you guys were just talking about cheese and all of a sudden and dick. it made him think this girl really wants to see my cock. So that's the first thing I noticed that there's no ask. Usually very rarely does someone ask to send you dick. There's a specific culture that does that the creator space actually they're very polite about it they will ask you want to see my dick well on, they will do that on the paid side but they don't on the free side they don't Correct. on the free side there's just like it's a free-for-all here's my penis so for me i don't want to mock someone and their nature but i don't understand the lack of the segue so the psychology around that in and of itself to me is a little baffling to the point where I've just, it's, we've done this for years now, especially on the dating sites. Oh, yeah. That I would just start sending like random, like I, I sent pictures of my feet. 
I sent a picture of the dog, like in response, because I'm like, I don't know what the proper response is. To we, should, this. we should have a bag of jelly beans and just send a picture of that every time you get a dick pic. Jelly, yep, jelly beans. But all right. So I'm uh, or things that look like dicks. That's my second favorite one. So Misha, you know, when we started this conversation via text the other day, just as a kind of a holy shit, what do you think? One of the first things you said reminded me that from the first time that man picked up burnt charcoal yeah and scribbled on the wall of a cave the first thing they drew was a dick what the hell it goes all the way back to that i mean to prehistoric times when we're chasing down beating things to death with a rock to eat yet we can draw a dick on the side of a cave and that's not you're not you weren't kidding i looked it up there's literally cave drawings of dicks yep does it go back that far? It does go back that far. I'm I'm always kind of tickled. I'm like, I wonder what the conversation was when they were like, you know, in Pompeii and like, you know, it'll be really great right now. Carve a dick in the street so people know which way to go. And it's not just like one dick. It's like a dick arrow. So there was even like functionality. <laughs> so dicks with purpose. To what, yes, it was dicks with purpose. So like there's. I'd follow that dick. Yeah. <laughs> this way to a good time. Like, I mean, what the hell? But it, it stands to prove that it's kind of something we've done always. Like, it's always been there. It's just evolved with our technology. Okay, so the modern follow me to a good time is a dick pic carved in the streets of Pompeii. Maybe. Tell us, Ryan, have you ever been overseas and seen a dick carved in an ancient street? Well, I think it's important to realize that the Romans have the same thing. They have dick pics that they carved in. This is something that really from, I like looking at it from an ancestral standpoint, kind of an evolutionary psychology standpoint of, let's even go up even further. You see animals with their cherry chapstick sticking out, showing it to other animals. There is, there is I've that. I've heard chapstick red rocket. I've never heard cherry <laughs> chapstick. <laughs> We, you may have to you may have to leave that part out just to not oh hell no let's <laughs> oh, no. stay it in oh that's fantastic we knew this was going to be hard to keep our shit together on but yeah keep, exactly. continue by all means let's hear exactly. more I, I do think there is like an evolutionary aspect we are for millions of years we've been mating and one of the ways that we've done is to have our genitals out and to show our you know our genitals and so <laughs> I think that this, like you said, it's a modern digital equivalent of that. One of the points that I always think is mistakenly when men sends, when a man sends a dick pic, it's essentially not taking into account who's on the other end, but it's as if there was another man on the other end because that's what he would like to get. He's thinking that the person on the other end is essentially a guy and there's a whole range of directions we could go within this conversation. But if you look at areas such as like Grindr or the gay hookup culture, it is a form of sexual currency on those sorts of apps that is reciprocated and does work within, you know, as a, essentially a mating strategy. Guess where it doesn't work? On a lesbian dating app. They're not sending each other pictures of their vaginas. Like, have you ever Never. heard of this? Like, have you ever, like, here's my like vagina, You would probably get right? blocked. You would get blocked. Yeah. Yeah. If you were just like, bam, vulva, right yeah, here. Like, right? No. Yeah, and in fact, I'm reporting you. Please don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Gain tasteful side boob? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Maybe. Okay, Maybe. I can see that. I can see that. Misha's like, ladies, please but, don't send me a vagina. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'd like that to be a surprise. Okay, yeah. so uh, Ryan's thoughts on this aren't 
entirely dissimilar from my own. Mm -mm. No, you guys are very close. So it, it, when I think about this, and, and I've talked about this probably ad nauseum as I continue to see the flood of dick pics come across Mallory's phone on a regular basis. But, and, and that's in all spaces, right? From the content creator spaces to us as casual swingers, content creators, to us as lifestylers on SDC, SLS, Cassidy, you need to take your pick. Any of the places that you find us, we get a lot of dick pics. But what I think psychologically is one of the things, there was something really powerful someone said to me once in the course of a consent conversation. And they said, as a gentleman, it's imperative upon you to understand that just because you're thinking about sex, it doesn't mean they are. And that is an important beginning to understanding the essence of consent. And that it doesn't start when you touch them. It starts in how you engage with them and how the conversation flows and whether or not they want to talk about sex in the first place. So if we take that as true, if we assume that's not a variable, that's a constant, then the variable becomes, how do I get her to talk about sex? How do I get her to think about sex? How do I get her to, in the headspace that I'm in? Well, I'm going to show her my dick <laughs> because that'll do it. That'll drive her wild. That'll make her pants fall off because she's just going to be a greasy mess and this is going to be the hottest thing ever. Ready, ladies? Here you go. Bam, my dick. And that's the philosophy. Maybe that they're just trying to get you to think about sex too and it's the only thing their Cro-Magnon brain can come up with. Am I off, ladies? Discuss. I don't know that you're off base because I think, Misha, I don't want to steal your thunder and no, so I'll just like it. allude to it a little bit that there's an acceptance factor. Like, I'm going to go ahead and just show you mm -hmm. what I have and then let you decide if that's something you're interested in. I mean, yeah. it, I guess in one perspective, it could be seen as a, like exposing themselves, becoming vulnerable. Or like validation. Think, like, I think sometimes yeah. it's a little bit of both. And I think it might be like, I want to validate that there's like a connection that we're reaching for and that you're actually interested in me. And I can do that without having to fumble through words. Like, here's my day. Or it could be like, you know, I want to see that you like that. Or if you don't like it, then we don't need to go any further. And I think like that's also reflected in websites, not websites, but apps like Grindr, right? Like you get to go through it and be like, mm, not my cup of tea, you know, move on to the next. And so with that part of it, because they all know that they're there for a hookup, you're getting what you actually want or keep moving. So I think that's kind of part of it. It's also like, I would love validation for this. And if it's not what you're interested in, we just stop here. So I hate to call it maybe a little transactional, like, here's the product. Would you like to buy it? A little bit of fishing. I don't yeah. know. Ryan, what do you think? I think, it's a, I think it's a way of quickly cutting to the chase for, you know, for some men. And there's a whole lot of conversation we could have around it. But it's also a matter like if I throw a dick pic out to, 90, uh, to 100 women and 99 say no, but one says yes, then I'm validated. And I have somebody who's interested in me and this potential hookup. Men and women, we're different. We have oh, different, very much so. you know, we have different motives as far as how we operate within our mating and dating world. Oh right? yeah, so, I'm stuck on the 99% rejection rate. That one would not matter to right? me at that point. <laughs> You've literally got that one guy out there going. So what you're saying is there's a chance. No. Optimism. No. Yeah. You just made 99 women lesbians. Stop fucking yeah. it up for the rest of us, dude. You know what, though? That makes sense. I mean, I think guys in, in this particular case, maybe just inherently or instinctively have that 
a higher level of confidence maybe than women do to to do that. Maybe it's ego. Maybe it's a blend of the two. Maybe it's, you know, raw fucking instinct at that point because after rejection number two, I'd call it quits and become a nun. Like, I don't know that I could handle that that much. But well, in some of these cases, what we see from some of these people is follow up questioning. So, and there's, oh, there's, yes. so there's a couple of extra pieces to this. In a lot of cases, these guys want instantaneous feedback. They want to know that you're there and you're looking and you're watching when you get it. They want the reaction. They want to see or hear some sort of a visceral feedback about their penis. So do you like it? Is it hot? Is it the biggest you've ever seen? Does it yeah. make you wet? That's... These are questions they send as follow-ups. Where does that come from? Doesn't that circle back around to like the validation and looking for connection? I mean, I think Ryan and I had been talking about this on Marco Polo because like that's what we do. We geek out on this stuff. And I think he said something like, oh my gosh, I just had it and I lost it. You said that it was something about like people looking for connection. I think, it was, and I think we interjected like also it's mm -hmm. like the rejection piece of it. Like I can go ahead and get that over with instead of prolonging it. And I loved what she said about like by the, by the second rejection piece, I'd be gone. I'd be gone too. I'd be like, I can't take this. This is too much. I wonder mm -hmm. if there's like a built up, like almost like armor a little bit around rejection with men because there probably is more rejection in these spaces. And you're like, well, let me get it over and done with in the very beginning and, and move on from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also a form of, there's a lot of men who have spent a lot of time online with a lack of, of socialization. So this is one way they know that they can interact and reach out and reach for some form of validation. And on a kind of a serious level, they're reaching for this form of connection in a way that is going to repel connection from almost all of the women who see that picture, right? 99 to 100%. And so it is a bid for a connection in a way, but in a way that essentially pushes people away. And I don't want to lose track of the, the consent aspect. We, we definitely have to come yeah. back to that within this, you know, within this conversation. So go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. You finished your thought. I just had something to tag on. Yeah. So it's this form of, of trying to connect with somebody else, but in a way that is, you know, essentially not going to connect, but there is a component to it of seeking validation through this thing that is so important to men, which is our penises. And there is an aspect I, I recognize, even in my own self, an aspect of every man that's, you know, look at this thing that I have. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. It does. <laughs> all I saw was the pizza. That's all I saw. A pizza? Once upon a time, we had a naked pizza delivery guy. Oh, nice. Come, yeah, come into one of these whiskey tastings we did. That's I haven't awesome. seen him in a long time. Yeah, I don't know who that guy was, but yeah. So anyway, that, 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 I, you know, it's it's funny that we we say that, and you actually had something to say, Miller. So why don't you go ahead and do? Yeah, that and I just don't to want it. it to like leave my brain because I'm known for this. So I, I find that that it's fascinating that we're having this rejection conversation because I don't think ever, not once in my life, have I ever rejected a guy because of his penis, ever. Never once. I cannot recall. I thought a lot about this. So the fact that it's so important to them, specifically them. But I, there's I something in us. And Ryan and I both are good. We'd sit here and look at each other and say, that's probably the biggest fear that men have is being rejected over their penis, just about. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so is that something, so is this part of us maybe fear driven too? I don't know. Like, 
I mean, are they embracing rejection by showing you their dick first and just making sure that won't be the problem? Or that, or are they looking for such an overtly sexual relationship that they figure they'll start it off on the right foot? I think it's, I think it's that one. I think it's, if you look at within a non-monogamy space or say something like the hypersexualized space of parts of Twitter, you have a lot of nudity. It's almost accepted there is, there's graphic sex, there's nudity that's out there that's part of the culture. And it leads to this idea that, hey, if this person is showing their body, if this creator is naked, if this creator is having sex, then why can't I also be in this space showing my, you know, showing my dick? It sounds like a version of implied consent. Yeah, almost within that space. Like, because the platform is here and this is what I came into this for, there must be an opening for me to be able to be this. Yeah, that's true. I think a lot of guys, well, not guys, actually, this is a human behavior. So one of the things that I learned early on in studying human behavior and trying to learn how to get what I want from other people, uh, which sounds awful, but that is part of human behavior is learning how to interact decide what you want from somebody and then figure out how to get it in such a way that doesn't make them feel like you're robbing them, taking something from them, hurting them, taking advantage of them or any of these things. Sure. The art of schmoozing is treating other people well in an effort to get what you want. And as part of learning how to schmooze from a master car salesman that I met once, I learned that if you go into a conversation with somebody with something in your hand, that it oftentimes takes down that barrier to getting them to feel compelled to give you something in return. So this has been evidenced by anybody that's ever had somebody come to their door trying to sell them a Kirby vacuum cleaner. A lot of times they'll come to your door holding a roll of paper towels. And the first thing they will do is hand it to you. They will hand it to you in an effort to create an element of reciprocity that I gave you something and now you should give me something, which is your time or let me into your home because clearly I'm a good person because I gave you paper towels. It's worked for me in airports while I walk up and I want something from the gate agent. I keep a, a little bag of Snickers, the little itty bitty ones. And I'm like, you look like you need something sweet today. And I hand it to him. And then I get an upgrade on the airline almost every time. It works like a champ. Now, is a dick pic like a picture of something sweet? Or is it the same thing? Are we asking for something by giving them something? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, is it the same thing? Do we even know we're doing it? Yeah, I kind of feel like it's an ask. Like there's an unspoken ask there of like, Maybe if I show you something sexy, you'll also show me something sexy. Jelly beans. I can, yeah, absolutely. I can see that where you put your dick pic out there in hopes of getting a sexy picture in return. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think like I was talking about earlier, thinking about it like strictly from the male mind, they send the picture out as if it was, you know, what they would want to get in return, which is, you know, shot of boobs or whatever it could be on, you know, on the other end. Yeah. Show me you're interested. I'm interested. Yeah. Here's proof. Yeah. Yep. Look what you do to me. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Okay. See what you did? Yeah. I, that I think that is the validation yeah. they're looking for. So maybe it's the other... When we talked about validation earlier, the validation is my my dick is so attractive that they feel the need to, recipro to reciprocate. Yeah. So the, to add on to that, that need for affirmation, we see it a lot, especially on the creator side. That there's, they're seeking that out. There's a need, there's a carnal need to have someone tell them how wonderful that is and how great that is. And I've been waiting all my life for that exact one that's perfect in every way. And it's funny, especially that exchange with someone they'll never meet in real life. And it doesn't have a, like a, 
a touch connection to, like will never, you know, be in the same place at the same time per se, how much it means to them. Like it really fucking matters. That blew my mind. Yeah, that is interesting. Are you saying that the validation that you give them on the other hand after like receiving the picture is Mm -hmm. incredibly important? Like that feedback for them does what? Oh, it makes them feel wonderful. The just that little bit of affirmation, because something some creators do are called dick ratings too, and that's a whole nother like conversation. But they, I think it's a bag of dicks actually. A bag of dicks. That is what it is. But it's amazing how good that makes them feel from someone they don't have a direct connection to. Like we're connected online, but we'll never know each other in real life. But they feel connected enough that affirmation that they get from that activity or that interaction online means the world to them. So it serves a need. Yeah, very much so. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I I would say that in the at least in the context of people that subscribe to the services of a content creator, they are these people who are paying these creators for a sexual interaction. Mm -hmm. And that's just mental and Mm -hmm. pictures and video. It's not physical. This isn't prostitution. But I think a lot of them feel like they either don't deserve it or they can't acquire it naturally in the wild. So they pay for it, and then the first thing they do is send over what they really, truly want, which is someone to validate their dick. Well, and there's implied consent there too, right? Of course. Right? And in the real world, maybe these guys aren't the ones sending the dick pics to, you know, Tinder or Field or whatever servers they're on. Maybe they're withholding that and doing it in a more, I'll use air quotes, appropriate environment or accepted environment. Well, so the reasons why we're doing it appear to be wildly different based on the platform or the circumstance under which they're sent. But Yeah, the medium matters for sure. Yeah, the, the, the medium seems to be the key. But what we still haven't really covered is why the fuck we do it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> it just it seems to be crazy. So I'm going to ask, Ryan, have you ever sent a dick pic at all? Not unsolicited. And one of the things as we were having this conversation amongst Expansive Connection was Also, that men do not have a tremendous amount of outlets to be able to take sexy selfies, to display anything Mm -hmm. else other than what they know is sexual, which is their penis. They don't have the ability to take boob shots or nice lighting shot, and it's not reinforced amongst this larger sense of society. So it could also be like the one way that they're able to express interest and their own sense of, of sexuality because there are no boudoir shots for men. They do exist. I understand that. But generally, there isn't the ability to express interest in a way that is has it more refined and there's no reinforcement for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's- that's true. I've never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. That when most guys, when they're asked to be sexual or they're thinking themselves of sexual, it's mainly around their genitalia. They're not thinking about you know, their physique or like you said, lighting or setting the mood or ambiance and then taking, you know, a sexy selfie that way. It's not as common as it is with women by a long shot. I don't know. I've ever heard anybody go, look at the legs on that guy. Don't those look like great legs? 
No, women have beautiful legs, beautiful arms, beautiful shoulders, beautiful necks, beautiful faces, mm-hmm. tits, ass. I mean, JJ. I'd, I'd argue that because I've definitely had thought things about people's body parts of both sexes. Same. But I don't know that I've always articulated it either. And yeah. it's not well, like widely pervasive throughout our society that we're like, oh, yeah, this is a sexualized component of a man's physique. It is normally just zeroed in on one thing. I think, too, because that reinforcement doesn't come. When I think about my own spouse, they like things like the, sh- the, the shot of an arm or, you know, a calf or, you know, even a butt or something like that. And I've heard women, and please, Miche and Mallory, jump in here, that there are aspects in a tribute of men other than their penis that they find, like, attractive yes. and, you know, a turn on. Oh, right? yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I for many years after my kids were born, to me, the sexiest thing was watching someone fold a fitted sheet. I was like, dear God, that's beautiful. Girl, oh, girl take out the trash. <laughs> I just be a wet fucking mess. <laughs> Don't even play. Dishes, blowjob time. Blowjob time. It's going down. I, I hope some guys are taking notes right now. <laughs> I am not fucking around. She's Do really you want to turn me on? Send me like a reel or like a 15 second video of you doing housework. Sold. Done. Done. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure who coined the term, but we call it chore play at our house. And it's <laughs> chore play is outstanding. <laughs> yeah. That's going in the repertoire. Yep. Yeah. Chore play is pretty good. That, wow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's funny to me, you know, as we have these conversations, and, and I think we are digging into something that's actually a little more real here, thanks to Ryan's thoughts on this one, that, you know, guys don't have a lot of ways to express sexuality without being sexual. At least we don't think we do. When I th- but then the ladies turned around and said, wait, we find other things very sexy that aren't sexual. So are we maybe miscommunicating Ooh. when we're trying to have this conversation with women based on our inability to understand how they women are perceiving sexuality that lead them to want to see your dick, right? It's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I'm digressing this the way you intended it. Did you just draw a parallel where women, I can find something sexy and attractive, but I'm not feeling sexual towards it. I don't want to fuck it. Correct. Per se. Okay. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Well and done. So I think that what we do as, as men is sometimes we, we speak in the only language we know, right? It's can I fuck it? Can I kill it? Or can I eat it? Right? Those are the three questions I ask when I look at an object. And maybe sometimes I can do two or three of them, right? It's, you just, you never know. And women are much more nuanced than that. <laughs> You're just dying right now. Are you okay? No, I, I think this is a great, I think it's a great part of the conversation because again, I'll put on the ancestral and the ancestral hat. Women are naturally selective because if they were, the consequences of having sex and mating would be pregnancy and having to bear out that pregnancy. And 250,000 years ago, or even up to, you know, modern times, that was a massive burden for women. So women are naturally more selective within their sexual interactions. Men are not, you know, one man can father a hundred children. One woman cannot father, cannot give birth to, you know, a hundred children. So there is a natural aspect of selectiveness within female mating that does not exist within men. Just like you said, most men are 
ready to go. And I think that also plays into the psychology here. And the reason for sending these sorts of, you know, sending dick pics is, look, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, you know, get it on. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to that. And uh, that actually goes one step further. So we were talking about guys maybe that are paying for the ability to send things like dick pics. And sometimes they'll say things, Mallory and I've talked about this, where they'll say things okay. that say, you know, no one wants to see it in real life or girls don't like me or girls don't yeah. want to talk to me. And I, I think there's think an evolutionary sometimes. aspect of that. Elijah Schlesinger said in one of her comedy specials yeah. that mating is your women and they say you women don't want to talk to you well that's evolution right that's she said that if they don't want to meet with you get better and i'm sitting there going wow that's fucking awful but it's also true it is that yeah. th there's an element of truth to that that if you're having if you're sending dick pics to people that you know you pay to do it because people don't want to see it. Maybe there's something you're doing wrong. It's not your, it, I don't, I think it's almost uh, never think, what you look like. Yeah, no. And I mean, there's a probably a, a myriad of reasons why they're there in the first place. And some people too have social challenges and sexual challenges too. So I think that space serves that need too, where they get the affirmation and, and the experience and the exchange that they're so desperate for, or, it's just ingrained to have that desire for. Mm -hmm. Well, so. let's give people some help here, right? Because Miche and Ryan are here to help. That's what Expansive Connection does is they help people grow and they help people communicate. So we're talking to guys now, both of you. We're talking to the guys. What's the alternative to achieving some of these goals, like steering the conversation to sex? steering the conversation to sexuality or showing interest and making it clear and present that I'm interested without sending you a picture of my erection? Ooh, that's a good question. I think implied consent has to be brought back around to the conversation and recognizing that it actually isn't implied and that you still have to ask for consent, even in platforms where the goal is sex on some level. Mm -hmm. I think that you also kind of, like, we also have to begin to shift the culture, cultural narrative around whether or not this is even something that's wanted. And if it's wanted, how do I ask for it? And then how do I do that in a way that doesn't objectify myself or you? Absolutely. And I think another good rule of thumb is simply, if you would not do it in the digital world, or sorry, <laughs> if you would not do it in the real world, do not do it in a digital world. If you were to be at the bar and meeting somebody, you would not whip out your penis. It's the same thing within the digital world. It's this aspect of pseudo anonymity that's there that empowers this to, to happen also. And I think to bridge it back, if I can bridge it back to the non-monogamy lifestyle space, this is a highly sexualized environment that Many men may not fully understand that there does need to be consent as a part of this. And that just because it's a sexualized space does not give permission to simply start sending dick pics. Not everybody is just simply down to, you know, have sex within this space. And time again, right, we've, and you guys being in that space, no, you can be chatting with somebody on an app and still one of the first things you're going to get is a dick pic, right? Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's a matter, I think, too, for men to try and educate themselves about the space, about non-monogamy. Just because folks are within the lifestyle, non-monogamy space doesn't mean that they're absolutely you know, ready to go. It may mean that there needs to be consent happening between everybody within that space. Yeah. DTF yeah. definitely comes after consent. Yeah, sure does. <laughs> and I, I said earlier, and I just want to, I don't know, be a little more specific. I've never eliminated a guy because of his dick. I have 100% eliminated guys for unsolicited dick pics because here right. we're having a great conversation. Yeah. And then random, again, no segue, no ushering into the conversation, maybe it's four or five hours later, and bam, dip it. maybe it is a nice dick. But the fact that you just decided that I needed to see it at that moment without consent, without formulating at least some sort of conversation that relates to it, mm -hmm. I can't help but spiral a little and go, is he really going to listen? Has he really got my needs in mind? Like, I'm all about equality here, like sharing that because I want to be invested too. But if this is about his dick, I don't think this is the conversation for me. Well, also, no. they might not know a different way to do it. Like, if they haven't yeah. been steeped in lifestyle appropriate cultural norms or ENM appropriate mm -hmm. cultural norms, or don't have language around it, um, then we would definitely come from a default programming of instant gratification, which would be the picture. So sometimes people just don't know what they don't know. So yeah. I think culturally, we have to learn how to be a little bit more assertively compassionate in the way oh, we I like that <laughs> in the way we respond to dick pics so that we can say things like oh like i see that you're trying to connect with me and i really appreciate that but right now i don't know that we're there maybe they just don't really know and so i don't want to blanket everyone by saying like you're being ridiculous don't do this yeah. not want it maybe they just haven't had someone say this isn't actually the way that we want to have a cultural reference around picture sharing yeah, mm -hmm. that's a much yeah. kinder response because I think I told you guys earlier that sometimes my response, I just got random. <laughs> like I go take a picture of my foot or my dog. And they're like, what's that? I was like, I don't know. You sent me your dick. I wasn't sure. Like, if was this a game? Like, was, this a game? what's the context? I'm usually like, cool. No words. Good for you, buddy. What else do you say? You know, <laughs> so fresh like, and so clean. <laughs> you shave. Is that for me? And that was, uh, that really was part of the conversation that we were trying to have here is taking a sense of, compassion with this, realizing that there is, that there are these differences and trying to educate. That's what we do at Expansive Connection. We are coaches working to educate. That's what this podcast is trying to do is to give guys a little bit of that break that says, hey, let's just simply slow your roll. I think part of the conversation as we talked about getting these unsolicited dick pics is also that fear of rejection. It's just a couple words to type out can I send you a, you know, can I send you a picture of my cock or something like that? But yet yeah. guys constantly don't do it. And I think it does come back to that, you know, that sense of that fear of rejection mm -hmm. at yeah. that point. But if I just send it, then that tension that's built up within this conversation is over. But there was no consent there by the, yeah. after mm -hmm. they sent it, you know? And again, it's that bid for connection that ultimately is going to result in rejection. Sure. Well, and I think maybe that's where the guys that do pay a creator and then the first thing they want to do is, can I show you my dick? You want to see my cock? Yeah, can I show literally. it to you? 
and one. then they're masturbating one. knowing that you're looking at it and not masturbating. Which is fine. It's a psychological kink. I actually get that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and they again, want to know you're looking at it right now. There. Yeah. 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 Like, okay. You're looking at it. I'm looking at it. Let's play. And even though. Oh, I mean, they're sitting there. He's like, wait till she sees it. Like, they're so excited. <laughs> it is. It is something. So ladies, maybe you could help some of the other ladies out there in the lifestyle that are listening to this and, and we'll leave the content creator side out of it. Ooh. You know, how do you respond to these things and not immediately provide rejection? Because, you know, obviously I think it's funny, so I'm going to make a joke out of it every time. But how do you do it in such a way that is compassionate? Do you have any advice? I know, Michelle, you had a couple of really nice ways to put it there, but maybe something that's succinct to say, this isn't the time. Uh, and I do want to continue this conversation, but I need you to be more respectful of my boundaries. How do you say that? How do, how would I, uh, I'm going to need to get better at it because I've probably not done well at being compassionate in some of those engagements. I'm a little hypersensitive to it. Sometimes my replies have been a little savage. Well, your digital interactions are a maelstrom of cock. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, well, and it's specifically everywhere. on the not non-monogamy side, the lifestyle side. Because I feel like if I'm talking to someone who's got some tenure and then that happens, I've already like defaulted to like, eh, you know better. So now I'm and I'm, the claws come out a little bit like I'm mm -hmm. I feel like slapping some mm -hmm. hands around. Right now. And I'm going to so Michelle, you we know each other. We've seen each other naked. It, You're so random with no context. Out of context. That sounds that makes me sound so much cooler than I am. But we were <laughs> together. But. My my point, though, is at this point, if I just sent you a random dick pic, you would probably be very confused by it. How do you respond to that? Like, I've already I've already seen it, though. Like, yeah. thanks. <laughs> thanks, I guess. I don't know. I think. Oh, it didn't grow. <laughs> I think that it. I think what she said about it kind of changing with the amount of. Like interaction that you've already had with that person, I think that's valid and, and very much so there. I would build a shit sandwich. That's what I do. Have a compliment, the hard part, and the compliment. Oh my gosh, Love thank it. you so much for wanting to share parts of yourself with me. I don't really know that we're there yet. I'm definitely not going to reciprocate. And maybe if you want to continue the conversation, we can do that without extra pictures, right? Okay, I love the building a shit sandwich analogy. So I'm going to hang on yeah. to that one for a minute. Yeah. And I want to be a lot of a lot of good stuff out of this podcast, man. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Yes. I, I mean, feel like such a jerk all of a sudden. Let's get into that for a quick second, even just outside of the dick conversation. So it, is that your methodology for delivering what maybe isn't bad news, but getting somebody to be open and accepting to something they might not want to hear? Is that what that is? Yeah, I think, like you said, you know, if you offer someone something, then they're more likely to be drawn into whatever it is you have to actually talk to them about. It's kind of the, the same thing. I'm going to compliment something good that I can validate that's real and honest. And then I'm going to tell you the hard part. And because I don't want to lose the relationship, or at least I don't want to be like kind of an asshole, I'm going to also end it with a compliment just to make sure, because again, the whole goal here is to change the culture, to to steer it a different way. I don't want you to feel bruised or go away or not try again. We just can't do it this way anymore. Okay. Let me ask a question here also from the women. But what does that do to the tenor of the conversation you're having? How likely is it that interaction is going to go forward after that's happened? And I bring this up because for all the guys who might be listening to this, the need to hear. 
So if that conversation ha- happens, we deliver the shit sandwich that's going to be a thing in this house for a while now. Um, deliver a sandwich and we can course correct and continue on without that element or not that delivery of the element of the dick pic and sexual over sexualization out of the gate i'm probably more likely to bring that conversation and potential relationship forward because it shows me that i've been heard that my boundaries are being respected and that they're still engaged with me beyond that you know direct to sex Right, that I maybe in this engagement I'll matter more than the sex part. That's ultimately the goal. Yeah. No, that's the goal, right? Where if we're on these dating sites, we're looking for someone to have some naughty fun with. Let, I'll phrase it a different way. Once somebody sends a dick pic to you, the likelihood that conversation is going to continue. Does it go up or does it drastically drop at that point? Just based on that action alone. Oh, that action alone drastically drops. I was going right. to say it feels like thin ice. It feels like thin ice at best. Right. Yeah. Right. So because, for, go ahead. I mean, Miche, I, I just, to me as a guy, I'm looking at it going, that can't be good. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of a deterrent for most women. Also, let's be honest. If you're like super fucking hot and you sent it and you, and she knows that you're hot, she might be like, don't do it again. Also send me more pictures of like your face or something. I don't know. Um, so, That's fair. That's so, fair. Okay, so what about a little nuance here, ladies? And, and Ryan, I don't know if you do this or not, but so in this house, gray sweatpants are a fucking thing. Oh, yeah. Like, you wear gray sweatpants, and you can see the shape of your cock through them. Mallory is a fan. So you start sending those guys, I'm going to be mad at you because I'm probably going to have to look at them first, and I don't want to see it. But is that the same thing? If you have maybe the shape of your cock through your pants, but you're showing some style and it just happens to be there and it maybe can come up in conversation, is that a smoother way to do it? Yes. (laughs) She had to think about it. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It does soften it. Mm -hmm. It's not as aggressive. It's more suggestive Mm -hmm. than right out there. I mean, I think the goal is still the same. But it yeah. maybe it's a little more, I hate to say eloquent way to put it, but right. it's a softer serve. I still yeah. think that you'd land way better if you actually asked for consent and like, how do you want to go about this? Yeah. And also not having the full thing in front of you might be an easier serve. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's, I'm sitting here thinking like we, we've said to the ladies, we've said to the any ladies listening to the show, you know, you know, how do you handle it? How do you deal with it? But we really haven't given guys an option, right? We really haven't said to the guys out there, okay, we get it. You know, you're 2000 years of, you know, bread culture is telling you that women just swoon at the sight of your manhood, but we know that they don't. Yeah. But what's the option? Like what else should they do? And Ryan, you're far more eloquent than I am. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. What do we tell these guys to do? I think, Gray sweatpants are also a thing in this house. I fully understand that. And again, the conference about being context dependent within that conversation, right? So is the conversation at that point, and it can be as simple as, hey, would you like to see a saucy picture of me? And then something that is more muted, that is softer, that will think of the other person on that conversation, not as if they were a man, not as if what you want to see as a guy, but as if it's what they want to see. 
And again, the option like you talked about of a styled shot, maybe they just want to see a picture of you hanging out or playing with your dog, those aspects. It doesn't immediately have to go to, you know, sending some sort of sexualized image. I think the analogy, especially you know, within ENM and the lifestyle space is you can always ramp up, but once you've gone too far, it's really hard to pull back. Right. Yeah. And that was, as we were having that conversation, that was what I was trying to get to. Once the guy's thrown that dick pic out there, the likelihood the conversation has gone forward has rapidly dropped because it's gone too far. You can ramp yeah. up to that. You could ramp up to it through consent. And there should be cues within that conversation that if the conversation is getting sexualized, then there's a back and forth that's happening there. And you could have that consent conversation of, hey, would you, you could even say, hey, would you like to see a picture of my cock? You know, if the conversation has been there, right? And then guys, let's think about, you know, creative ways. Women love arms, they love legs, they love faces and necks and all sorts of different parts of ourselves. And so think of new and creative ways. Get on Google and Google male boudoirs. There's some really hilarious shots, which actually I, I do think of, of guys like dumping buckets of water on their faces. I'll have flat, I'll have flash dance. I, I guarantee you women would love those pictures 10 times oh, more than they just want your bathroom district. Hundred percent. And I'm not even opposed if you wanted to buy like outfits for your dick and then send those kinds of pictures, like oh. dress it up, give it some levity. Mm -hmm. Like maybe make it a little less aggressive and be like, look, it can do a little dance. I don't know. Like like that guy thinks my dick does. I was mm -hmm. literally thinking of that blog. Yeah, that's a yeah. great blog. It's right, hilarious. You could put it's a little pilgrim hat for Thanksgiving or yeah. right around the holidays, a Santa hat. We just came out of that. It yeah. might be a little Santa late. Hat. You might be able to get some on clearance. Yeah, right there, there you go. go. A little pilgrim hat for him. <laughs> you know, I could see. I, you could stock. You could start stocking it at casual. You'd be good to go. There you go. It, it's no. a whole new business model for us. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Like, there's so much more to a guy that I find attractive. Like, I, I understand you have a dick, and maybe someday I'd love to play with it. But there's other parts of you that I'd like to know and see more of. And sometimes and I forget how important a cock is to a guy and how central to your your humanity it is that. You know, that's one of the reasons it compels you guys to send them. But I hate sometimes when I say it, I'm like, is that the most like the best thing about this person that they have to offer? I, it makes me it, that's where my head goes. And I feel like there's more value there than just your dick. Show me your sense of humor, your taste in music, your your biceps, your yeah, you playing with a dog in the yard, playing a sport, whatever. So you're saying, show me your kindness, show me your humor, show me your humanity. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. I'd like to see what makes you extra human. Yes. Right. Then I would like to play with your penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, from my perspective, this conversation has been utterly fascinating. I think that it's something we talk about a lot. We talk about dick pics flying around in the lifestyle. Ladder. We talk about it in content creator spaces, but we also talk yeah. about it in dating spaces. Yeah. And I have a question for me, Shay. Oh, and I hate to put girls on blast here. Have you ever gotten a dick pic while you're with your girlfriends and showed them? Absolutely. 100%. So just yeah. so you know, guys, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to deter or hinder you or encourage you, mm -hmm. but we do share that information why is with it, each other. Why is it that we as men are obsessed with it? And but also as it relates to other men, yet we have most or many of us, uh, certainly you know heterosexual men, 
don't care to look at them, but we do care how we stack up against them for some reason. Like a hierarchy? Of course. Yeah, okay. you, you walking around Hito and then you're, you feel like you're okay. You're like, all right, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then you walk past some guy who's sitting on the side and his dick's drinking out of the pool. He's drinking and you're out of like, the pool. Well, fuck me. Like all men are created equal. My ass, I'm leaving. I'm going home, taking my stuff with me. <laughs> but it's you, you feel good about yourself till you walk past that guy. Now, of course, in your mind, that guy has got every girl just is like, oh my God, I can't wait to jump on that thing. No. But that's not true. No, not at all. They usually go, what do you feed it? Right. I mean, like there's like, and the answer is always girls, by the way. Uh, but what, what's the deal with that? Why, Ryan, do you think that we're obsessed with comparing size, which is usually not, it's usually not even the top five things that women are looking for from a sexual interaction, unless that's exactly what that woman's looking for is the biggest dick to fill her space possible. But those women are fairly rare. So what makes us think that? I think it's largely the sexualized nature that it's reinforced, is especially reinforced within pornography, where you have these people. And again, pornography is totally fine, but we need to look at the performers within pornography as if they are top tier athletes putting on a, a performance you know, for us. But the way that we see the bodies interacting in, in pornography with giant dicks, we tend to internalize it and think that is a reflection of our own. We think that is what women want to have as far as sex. And so it comes directly, you know, I think it comes directly out of that and it's just been, you know, reinforced. So that's one of the main areas. Also from an evolutionary standpoint, we're all kind of seeking status and amongst men, we're all looking for a form of status. And that is a very quick way of having a quick status check, you know, amongst guys, this guy is a, a big dick. And because of these reinforcements that we have from pornography and these sort of interactions, it's a way of determining a sense of, of status that there it's completely untrue, but it's just a way of, yeah, I'd say, you know, interacting and assessing where you're at in this form of hierarchy. In that same sense, I've seen guys with really small penises in those same environments of hedo and desire who are just totally good to go and totally comfortable with themselves. And that's the message that we should continue to reinforce is be comfortable, you know, with your body, with your sexual performance. Everybody can improve. There's tons of programs out there that you can invest in and become better, you know, sexually. Largely, you're not going to be able to increase the size, you know, of your penis. But the majority of women are completely happy with a completely average sized penis. Amen. That, that is yeah. outstanding and a great way to put it. I think that these are things that need more attention. We need to talk about them more because we see it, I think, and it's part of the dick pic culture is that if you have a dick worth taking a picture of, at least in your head, you're going to send it to everybody in the world that you can, that can see it. And then you got the guys on the other side the small penis humiliation guys who are like, here, tell me how small it is and how insignificant I am in your life, which is an entirely different bag of cats that we haven't even approached getting into today. Yeah, and I don't know that I can unpack that right now. Yeah, I don't know that we have time to unpack that in the confines of this episode, but yeah. I think it really does matter. And I'm going to leave it to Miche and to Mallory to, I mean, have this, where does size rank for you guys? And when you get a picture, if it's noteworthy, do they have a better chance? If it's 10 inches of, of full, you know, veiny meat, are you guys like, yeah, okay, that pick was fine. Banana for scale, please. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Yeah. Or is that utterly irrelevant? It's just a dick pick and it really doesn't matter what's in it. 
Misha, you want to go first? Sure. I'm going to go a little dark with this. So join me on Get this it. little charade here. But I think that like when we think about evolution with women, penis is both a weapon and an instrument of pleasure, right? And so when you're sending these images that you feel as though are, they should be pleasurable or be tantalizing in some mm -hmm. level. The first thing a woman's brain does is goes, am I safe? Is this mm -hmm. okay? And so when you're doing that, right, that just the picture of the penis by itself has zero context for you to attach that safety to, which is why they're looking for, are you funny? Are you kind? You know, are you actually interested in me? Because it allows me to put my guard down and then I can enter into the pleasure zone. But if you're just sending me something that I can either categorize as a weapon or a pleasure space, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to put it in the space you want me to put it in. Interesting. So is this an act of war and aggression or is this something I can find pleasurable? Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I, I, you put that way better than I could have. So you're just going to leave it. You're like, nope, I'm good. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, so penis size. Your question was penis size. So no, like uh, without the context of just getting a, a dick pic, the size is pretty irrelevant. It's the fact that I got one in general that I account for personally. Again, maybe if it's notable in one way or the other and I'm with my girlfriends, will I share it? Probably. But it doesn't going to sway me for interest based on size. Nope. Zero chance that has any impact on that. Got it. Well, and I think that that's probably the answer we could expect from most people on it, right? I, I don't, I think that there's probably some, the size queens out there that are like, fuck yeah. I was just that, about to say that. Like every now and then you do yeah. get a size queen. Yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yeah. You're looking for the biggest mammoth mm -hmm. to ride. And mm -hmm. if you happen to have the biggest, bushiest yeah. mammoth, get it. But I think that you're you're playing that 1% game that we talked about at the top of the episode when we really started getting into this at 99 out of 100 mm -hmm. are going to say no. Mm -hmm. But if there is something remarkable or revolutionary about your phallus that's swinging down between your knees, then you might find that person that is looking for that remarkable thing. Maybe it's your giant, you know, Super Mario mushroom head. Maybe it's the veins. Maybe it's the thickness. Maybe it's the curve. It could be any number of things that make that one person jump. But if you want numbers, if you want a better chance, have a little, have a little suave about you and, and maybe suave. go about it a different way, right? Yeah. Now I'm going to have Rico Suave playing right? in my head the rest of the afternoon. Well, dated myself. This has been a fascinating hour, guys. And you it's guys been are, fun. Yeah, you guys are incredible. Thank you so much for taking the, your valuable time out of the day to talk to us about Dick Pitt. Brilliant. Yeah, you guys are, are <laughs> fucking phenomenal, by the way. Uh, with, this is our first time having any representation from Expansive Connect on our show. Uh, and I'm really glad that this was the opportunity we chose to do it. Obviously, uh, we've known Ryan for years, Miche. We had an opportunity to meet you at Be Better at Being Bad Week, and we're blown away by you. By the way, those of you who can't see her, yeah. she's hot as fuck. But so... <laughs> One of hundreds of wonderful qualities about this human. Yeah, so smart and funny and yeah. also what I just said. So I'm not going to say it again because I already made her blush uh -huh. once. But this was outstanding. So for those right. of you that don't know awesome. who Expansive Connection is and you don't have an opportunity to engage with them, that opportunity is in front of you right now. So if you would like to... Expansive Connection team is hosting a group coaching course all about boundaries and how they can improve your relationships. In this five-week online course, you'll learn what boundaries are and what they're not, 
when to use them, how to create them, and how better boundaries can improve your relationships. This course is a combination of teaching and group discussion. It happens every Wednesday over the next five weeks. You'll have the opportunity to meet and learn from all five of the Expansive Connection coaches throughout this course. You can sign up now. The course launches on February 21st, which is just a week from when this episode will release. The link will be in the show notes and will also be on Twitter, on Casual Swingers Twitter. So please, by all means, check that out. These are our friends from Expansive Connection. And thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Great conversation. I hope you guys had fun. And Mallory, you want to tell everybody where they can find us? This is your second swing at this. Hopefully you get better at it than you did last time. Get a stretch to buy some time to remember my lines here. We are Casual Swinger everywhere. You can find us at casualswinger.com. And don't forget that we have Casual Swinger Week at Hedonism Jamaica coming up the last week of March and the first week of April. Only a few rooms left. Go check us out at casualswingerweek.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you want to find us on dating sites, we're also on STC, SLS, and Cassidy. Ah, man. She's, Did I, I do okay? Yeah, time? and I make fun of you. You're way better at it than I am. Never ever could Good. be. So we're going to be back in just yeah. oh, Go ahead. You're going to say. No, I think I called us casual swingers last night with an S. It's all good. <laughs> it stuck in my head. I was like, that's not us. Right. Whatever. Hey, guys, this has been a blast. And this has been a uh, conversation on Surprise, It's My Dick with Expansive Connection. We're going to be back in just a hot second. Hang in there with Whiskey of the Month. You've been listening to Casual Swinger. And we're here with Whiskey of the Month. Candy is dandy. But whiskey makes you frisky. I'm so so excited. So excited. This is actually one of my favorites. I think it's in rotation with one or two other bottles on a regular basis for me. Yeah, this is a regular drinker in this Mm -hmm. house. And we both like it. After seven months away, you'd think we'd have like 11 whiskeys of the month ready to go. And we had to think about it. We had to stand in front of the bar and stare for a minute. Well, because also the price points of whiskey, because of the demand and the popularity, are so all over the place. And I think there are, unfortunately, some bottles that are overpriced in the market right now. Oh, 100%. And and for me, whiskey, you know, whiskey of the month, obviously we have a price point of what, 60 or $65? Yeah, I think we made it like $65, $69. Yeah, because it used to be 50 and now it's just that's... That's a hard price point to expand. It is on. now. Yeah. It, it is wasn't, now. It, didn't it wasn't used to be. two, three years ago. No. So, anyway, this month we're featuring IW Harper Cabernet Cask Finish, which is one of my favorites. I love a, a great bourbon that's finished well. Yeah. It's, it really, I mean, it's honestly not as far as bourbons go. It, it's only a four year. Yeah. It's a baby bourbon. So it's, baby and it's got a very light color to it it's i mean it's honestly I mean, a, it's not super light it's it's medium it is. but it's it's still yeah young you can look at it and go that's probably young but it's a little bit darker because of that cabernet it is yeah. and it's sourced to an extent mm-hmm. i mean it's it's still all out of kentucky and but it, it all honestly is finished and bottled in tennessee mm-hmm. so it's interesting right? kind of yeah <laughs> but let's tell the story of I.W. Harper, because at, here on Whiskey of the Month, when we talk about these things, we talk about the story of the whiskey, because I think it's as important to know where it comes from and how it came to be as it is to enjoy the juice itself. Yeah. Nah, maybe that leaves us on an island, but I enjoy the stories of the whiskey. I love the story behind it. So let's talk about I.W. Harper. The story of this whiskey begins in 1848 
Back in 1848, Isaac Wolf Bernheim came to America with $4 and a dream. From Germany, by the way, if you don't know what Bernheim is, Bernheim comes out of Germany. And over a century later, his bourbon whiskey empire, at least in name, still remains. Yeah, so where he, came, where he comes from, he wasn't always like a whiskey guy. His plan when he got to New York, upon arrival in America, his company actually went bankrupt. So this left him to take a job tra as a traveling salesman on horseback, to which he made a respectable living selling household items, effectively to housewives. The deaths of his trusty horse, I feel like this is a part, like, if this turns into John Wick, like, right? <laughs> like that, I was like, no, You killed my horse, horse, now I'm going to kill all of you. <laughs> no, so his, his horse died, which is really tragic. But it forced him in a different direction because now he lost his mode of transportation. He did, so no more traveling salesmen. So following the death of his horse, and yes, this whiskey has a dead horse to thank for its inception. I should so you not. So strange. Bernheim moved to Paducah, Kentucky, where he served as a bookkeeper for Loeb, Bloom, and Company, a wholesale liquor distributor. He saved enough money to bring his brother to America and open their own liquor sales firm, Bernheim Brothers, in 1872. All right, so these brothers, after some gyrations with, you know, other partners, moved Bernheim Brothers to Louisville in 1889, purchasing Pleasure Ridge Park Distillery and renaming their business Bernheim Brothers Distillery. It was then after a fire, a lawsuit in the United States who attempted to collect tax on this destroyed whiskey that I.W. Harbor whiskey was actually created and took off. It won numerous gold medals for the quality of the whiskey. Prohibition, to which they like Old Forester, were one of the only 10 brands to be permitted to continue making whiskey for medicinal purposes, of course and the Great Depression. Uh, by 1955, I.W. Harper was a household name in whiskeys and a sensation internationally. It graced men's magazines. It was in films. It was a favorite on ocean liners. So this is something like the cruise ships of back in the day would, would carry for, you know, a bit of opulence. And of course, by then, Isaac Wolf Harper was long dead and the business sold for the first of several times to other interests, the first of which was Shenley Distilling Corporation. So who was Harper? So as far as Harper goes, nobody really knows. I couldn't find anything about that when I did research on the brand. But Bernheim himself was simply a German immigrant who wanted to succeed in business. He was an accountant and a bookkeeper. Yeah. But he they bought their way into the liquor business, so he learned liquor distributing. But it wasn't until really after he passed, and you guys are going to hear about this in a second, but they really didn't pick up their own distillery until 1889, but he wasn't, he didn't die until 1945 at the age of 96 years old. It's kind of hard to explain, but he became yeah. famous just distributing whiskey, kind of like George Dickel did. Okay. And they put their own name on the whiskey when they bought that distillery, changed it to Bernheim Brothers, started distributing I.W. Harper. But it really, they got famous overseas, not here in the United States. That's interesting. And they didn't get famous yeah. until the 90s. Well, I guess my question was, where did Harper come from in the story? That is the excellent question. They name Harper, they never really say. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. They, they really never say where it comes from. But Bernheim, we know who he is. Yeah. And we know that Isaac Wolf Bernheim IW, is where the right. IW comes from. Yeah. But the Harper was it the name itself, of the horse? I gotta know. Maybe his horse's name was Harper. <laughs> I mean, it, we don't Just know. But it was during this time that I.W. Harper left the United States in the market altogether and couldn't be purchased in the United States for almost 30 years. 
It wasn't until 1992 that a new Bernheim distillery was opened in Louisville by Guinness. Ooh. Technically, it was by United, the owners of Guinness, but the okay. quality of the brand had suffered mightily because in the United States, up until the early 1990s, whiskey was not very popular. No, like it took a nosedive. Like it had, you know, after Prohibition, it was pretty much, it was a staple, right? 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. even in the 60s, like you watched some movies from back then, you know, scotch, malt, you know, whiskeys very prevalent, you know, cocktails with whiskeys. You have people like Frank Sinatra drinking whiskey and bourbon. And then come 70s and 80s, and it just falls out of favor. It did. And the clear liquor movement was was all yeah. the rage then. So the absolute yeah. era came in. Oh, yeah. Vodka, and, gin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All a big deal. So effectively, the quality of the brand, because it was suffering, it was because Asia and Europe was getting all the good stuff, especially Japan. I.W. Harper in 1992 was the number one whiskey in Japan. Get out. Well, is, yeah, that market kept the whiskey alive. Crazy. Yeah. So Diageo acquires United, who is the parent brand mm-hmm. of I.W. Harper, Guinness, and a few other brands. When they acquired it, and in many ways didn't look back after, in 1997, they sold their original distillery to Heaven Hill. Mm. So Heaven Hill acquires the distillery that was the original Bernheim distillery. Yeah. But Diageo makes the brilliant decision to resuscitate I.W. Harper in the United States using spirits distilled in the very same distillery, contracting it out to Evan Hill. Now, they are aging them at Stitzel Weller warehouses, which are down the road. And this is a who's who of, of whiskey right now. It really is. And yeah, on the it, bourbon trail. It really is. So the warehouse, they're warehousing and aging it at Stitzel Weller. They're distilling it at Heaven Hill, which, by the way, Heaven Hill had their own fire. Yeah. In 1996, yeah. a fire destroyed the original I.W. Harper distillery. The Bernheim distillery had a fire that destroyed their business, and they end up getting their whiskey distilled by the very next guys that had their warehouses and distillery destroyed by fire. So now, where is it aged? At Stitzel Weller and bottled at George Dickel in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, this is like a big, like the designer bourbon. A little at bit. At this point. A little bit. Now, keeping in mind, there's just another thing. This whiskey is a four-year whiskey that whiskey, is finished sorry. in yeah. Cabernet casks. I love that. I have my palate loves Cabernet sherry port cast finishes, but only when they're done well. You can tell when it was done on the quick and cheap mm-hmm. or done maybe not as long sure. as it probably should be to like finish a whiskey maybe. So they, this this one is mwah, chef's kiss. It, it is really and good. And we both like it. Usually, yeah, if it's true. a finished whiskey, one of us loves it, one of us hates it. That's true. Yeah, this one's actually, it, I mean, we're going to talk about the nose, the palate, the finish, and all that here in a second. But it, it's popular here because, and, and I would recommend this one for somebody that doesn't love whiskey. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing offensive about it. There's no. nothing truly revolutionary about it, but there's nothing offensive oh, about it either. I think it's either. a great, well-rounded, finished whiskey. It is. And yeah, it, it may be a little a little spicy. For, yeah, but for if you someone, leave it in but, a couple of cubes, it's good. Yeah, I, I was going to say a natural, like a natural water back. So big ice cube, let it sit for yeah. a little bit. You leave it in to continue to give it a little more water back and pull that out. Sometimes I'll take my cube out and just sit but chilled yeah yeah it's it's actually good in cocktails too we'll get into that in a minute why don't you tell everybody about the nose so this one would be described as a caramel forward um from an aroma perspective 
um, with hints of dark cherry, uh, maybe some sweet raisin in there. Um, they also describe it at times with having some black raspberry, creme brulee, vanilla. So it's got a rich, sugary, sweet air to it. So Without being a sweet whiskey, because right. I mean, it's not a blend. Right. It's just finished. Right. But it's very light on the nose, too. So sometimes when, I, when I'm, I'm investigating a rye, mm-hmm. some of those notes on the nose, they're very bright. They're very forward. And I almost have to like sniff at a distance this it's it's very light but i would say because of those sweet tones it does lend itself well to a manhattan or an old-fashioned oh absolutely i bet you could you could make a myriad of cocktails this could be actually versatile and very and and married and i would even challenge that it could make a good whiskey sour yeah yeah probably so the palette is you know again dark cherry some raspberry with some caramel vanilla do you think that's the cabernet maybe cracker Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, it's but as those flavors come together, they settle on almost like. Do you remember when your grandmother used to get the chocolate covered cherries? Oh yeah, my grandmother loved those. Yeah, they, they, the Russell Stover ones or whatever. Yeah, it kind of has that on the on the back of your palate a okay. little bit. Yeah, and it's and, and I think that that's probably driven by the Cabernet finish mm-hmm. a little okay. bit. But they really do well to complement the bourbon flavors, and it's not overpowering. It's very straightforward. That's enhanced to become sweeter by the finish, which for me, in a finished bourbon, that really makes it immediately enjoyable. Yeah. And it's but it's not so overpowering and so overly sweet that you can't sip. I get too sensitive when my rise are just too sweet. That's I think why I like the whistle pig. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so well balanced for me on a, on the rye spectrum. And I love Widow Jane. They can be a little sweet for me. Okay. Depending on the expression. All right. So how about the finish? So all of these sweet flavors get carried over from the palate, and then you get this accent of like light spice, right? That that exists on the the whiskey side. Um, you know, as you said, it's got a caramel like vanilla base, and it tapers off. It's we call this maybe medium length. You know, it's it's not too much, not too little. It kind of sits right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. And unlike many wine barrel finished bourbons, a Cabernet cast doesn't turn dry at all. That's actually something very different about that. So I actually don't yeah. like Cabernet outside of this. Really? I don't. Okay. I like a, I like a Cabernet, but I like a good Cabernet. And because it doesn't turn dry, you get to embrace the sweetness of it. It's it's pretty straightforward, kind of like the palate. The finish, it, it doesn't bring any added complexity. It's just really enjoyable. I'm with you. I, I think that that's probably spot on definition or or description rather but in terms of uniqueness you know wine finished bourbons can really get kind of weird especially if they spend too much time in a wine barrel Mm -hmm. and and i have a few examples of that i could throw at you if you really cared but the the idea is this one actually succeeds where a lot of them fail because it doesn't overdo it Mm -hmm. it doesn't go bad at the end or get too dry It's just meant to appeal to a wide audience of maybe people that aren't huge whiskey drinkers or not adventurous drinkers. It's easy to drink neat. It's got enough flavor to handle some cubes. And it honestly works well as a cocktail mixer, which I think does it well. Yeah, I would 100% support buying this as a a well-rounded, use-all whiskey on the shelf. And, And again, it's in my rotation. I go from Willet to I.W. Harper 
and now you know old elks in there too yeah but at 50 bucks come on yeah it's between 50 and 55 dollars depending on where you find it that's usually like the the median and it's well worth it and the bottle's nice yeah oh it's and the bottle's very attractive well let's let's not lie there's something to be said about having an attractive bottle I, the first time I tried Bib and Tucker, I was like, ooh, it looks like I, this came out of an old saloon. Like I was enamored with the bottle. That's true. Yeah. I think it's swill, but you still like it. I so. love it. I love Bib and Tucker. I know. I like Bib and Tucker 10. I don't like Bib and it's Tucker 6 good. years. 6 years trash. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> we just have such different palettes. Yeah. yeah. But this is one we, we both agree on. I agree. So. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Well, that's it. So the Whiskey of the Month for February 2024 is I.W. Harper Cabernet Cask Finish. And that brings an end to this episode full of dicks for Casual Swinger. I think I'm I'm well dicked down. Oh, yeah. You've had all the dicks <laughs> between, you can take for one day. Between the dick pics, Valentine's Day, our anniversary. Yeah. You did get some dick last night. Yeah, I it did. It just happened. I did. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys, this has been a blast. We're running up on the hour and a half marks. So we're going to let you guys get out of here, but thank you for hanging with us. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. We got a special one coming up for you that's going to some I like doing that. It's going to be cool. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. In the meantime, you've been listening to Casual Swinger. Casual Swinger.